Hello, Lauren Hill here, career coach for creatives. Today, we're going to talk about three common obstacles that creatives struggle with and how to overcome them. Have you ever told yourself that you're going to share your work on social media more consistently? Then you look back a month later at zero posts and wonder what the heck went wrong? Or what about showing up to your creative practice? Have you ever made the intention to work on your art regularly two to three times a week, only to have a week go by with no time spent on your art? Why does this happen? Or better yet, how can you prevent this unwanted cycle from repeating itself? Today, I am sharing with you the three most common obstacles that most creative struggle with and how to overcome them. Number one, creative problem solving. Many people lack the awareness of what the actual problem is. They know they feel stuck, overwhelmed, and frustrated, but they can't seem to figure out what will actually create fulfillment in their life and career. The solution? You have to learn to think outside the box and create solutions that align with your values, desires, talents, and skills. This is something I cover in great detail with my coaching clients. Number two, prioritization and accountability. As a creative, it can feel confusing to decide what you want to work on because of the sheer volume of creative ideas that you want to work on. You start to get momentum with one project and then get distracted by every other shiny new idea or project that pops up when you're feeling inspired. The solution? Get in the habit of breaking down your bigger goals into smaller steps. Then commit to taking them and follow through on your decisions unless you have a really good reason to change directions. I teach my coaching clients the heart of how to use this to create real momentum. Number three, mindset. Did you know that believing your thoughts is a choice? Your brain likes to offer you a lot of thoughts, and many of them are disempowering or hold you back from what you really want. It likes to create drama and tell you that your problems are way worse than they actually are. It even likes to tell you that there are no solutions and that you're doomed. Luckily, I know that because this is a choice, you can retrain your brain to actually question your thoughts and powerfully choose the thoughts and beliefs that will create the results that you're looking for. Do these three obstacles sound familiar to you? You are not alone. I have worked side-by-side with creatives for 17-plus years now, first in art school, then selling millions of dollars worth of art for a fine art gallery, followed by working with an international art book publisher. And most recently, working with creatives one-on-one in career coaching. Through my work with private clients, these three roadblocks have been the major through line that creatives deal with. Fortunately, I've figured out a process to overcome these blocks so that you can truly step into the light with your own creative work and strategize a way to make money doing it. I've done it for myself. And I've shown my clients how to do it too. Are you ready to bust through these blocks? Schedule a free career clarity session 
and let's start the process now. It's so much easier than you think when you have the help of a trusted guide. Let me show you the way. Find out more about one-on-one career coaching for creatives on my website, www.curatedsplash.com. That's www.curatedsplash.com. Talk soon. I think through all of the virtual work and the COVID experience, that came up a lot. And I'm sure that other people have talked about it in more eloquently than I could. But this idea of hybrid residencies and digital mobility for people who might not be able to travel easily. Luckily now, I feel like it's being understood more and this idea of bringing people together, not necessarily physically. This is Art Is, a podcast for artists, where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries. I am a writer. I write fiction. That's short and long form. So short stories. I also write novels. And I write fiction about the world that we live in now and people who we would recognize as real people. And did you study writing or literature at school or No, I didn't actually. I started writing when I was very small, but I came from a background where work was work and writing was something that I thought of as fun. So I studied mass communication and then the history of medicine. So not anything to do with creative writing at all. And actually I'm a full-time writer now, but I had a corporate job for 15 years. So I haven't always been a writer in the same sense that I am one now. I had a life before and I, did, I have a very different life now. What made you take the leap going into writing from leaving the corporate world in this kind of quote-unquote safe work world or real work world into yeah. creative work? So I should make it clear as well. I say corporate, actually it was healthcare, so it wasn't as difficult as some corporate work probably is, but it was definitely the real work world. Actually, I moved to California in 2014 without a work visa, so I couldn't work. And I couldn't even work for free because I was working in healthcare, so I could have... I tried really hard to find a, a way of working just to keep myself busy, and it just didn't work out. Like, the, the law was just too complicated, so I just found myself writing all the time every day. And within nine months, I'd written a novel. I'd been thinking about doing it for a really long time, and I didn't realize that given the time, actually, it would come quite naturally. So after that, I reassessed and built everything else around this idea that really what I needed to be doing was writing. So yeah, I changed jobs. I changed as an English teacher as a foreign language so that I could just fit working around writing life or art life, I suppose. And what is your creative writing process like? It's amazing that you wrote a book in nine months. And of course, you said that you've been thinking about it for a while. But just to execute like that is remarkable. Another small caveat, the book is terrible. It wasn't published. It was too bad. It was just really awful. It was a terrible book. I'm not ashamed of it because it was a really important learning curve. 
But my process has changed a lot since then because I've learned why it was so awful and how I could have maybe done a better job of it. And so back to your question, I suppose the process is long and hard and punishing and full of self-doubt. And I think that's really very common. I, just while we were sitting here, I just got a rejection for something I'd written. So it's just every day. But at the same time, it's just blissful. I don't know. There's something about it that I absolutely So yeah, I'm a sucker for it. It's funny. This is my first ever in-person podcast recording. I'm actually sitting here with Odette in person. And it's funny that you brought up this idea of self-doubt and just living with this kind of external but also internal rejection and having to really be constantly in that. And even myself today, I was thinking about how I haven't done anything that is exactly what I was hoping for. Like I haven't created something like a complete final artwork. And it's just like this constant voice inside your mind that you have to you have to develop a relationship with in order to be productive, but also to develop and to accept that's the creative process. And I think it's really interesting to hear after speaking with a lot of different creatives that regardless of the medium, it's pretty much the same across all different creative pursuits. Yeah, I think that's true. I think of it as what I make is books, I make stories. So I'll write a story and there's a point at which it's finished. And at that point, I then try and get people to read it in a number of different ways. But what I'm doing in between is not so much making stories, but just living this art life. It's like the the ways in which I gauge whether or not I'm doing well at it are how persistent I'm being and how much i kind of feeding my creative self to make sure that what I'm putting out is, I don't know, thought through and has fresh ideas. And rather than thinking, oh, I not only have I written 15 stories this year, but I've published five of them. Because if I think about it that way, then I just know I'll be miserable all the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's something that I definitely have to do more work on in terms of understanding results. Because I'm a pretty result-driven person and... It can be very difficult sometimes when actually just a small series of events end up being something that has a huge creative impact on your work rather than going through all of the drafts or going through all the iterations of something. And it's not very chronological in a sense. Yeah. And it's really difficult to control the outcome, especially when the outcome might be the way that someone else has perceived something that you have made. Or sometimes for me, it's the acceptance that what I have made has got nothing to do with the way that I thought it would be and just accepting that the work is the work and getting up the following day and continuing even when you think god that's awful I can't believe I have put my name on it but continue we must so what have you been working on recently I have just completed the manuscript for a novel that I started in 2020 and I am about to start looking for representation for that novel and in the meantime, I am at the very beginning, day three, into a second idea, which I already had the sketches for it, but trying to see whether or not I can turn that into something a bit longer. And I work on these long form. I'm always working on something long, but in, in the interim, I also take breaks to write short stories because 
I like having a shorter feedback and finish loop. It keeps your energy up. So yeah, that's a really good point. I've been recognizing that as well. Doing short form work is really gratifying and getting to finish something. So it's really interesting to me getting to talk to you here because we're actually at a residency program that you run <laughs> here just north of Barcelona. So I'd love to hear a little bit about the history of how this program started. It's called Cel del Nord. And yeah, if you could take us into the journey of how you developed this artist residency and why. Yeah, of course. So the residency began in 2017. Before that, I was running groups for artists for free and reading groups. So my partner and I were looking for somewhere to live and we realized that it would be more cost-effective to live in a large building than a small apartment and for us personally in terms of what well, the property that was available here which makes it sound really mercenary and money driven wasn't like that it was just a kind of romantic notion that there were these beautiful old buildings that were empty and needed work or there were flats or apartments that were not as inspiring and so because I was working with groups at the time and really coming to understand that as a part of the creative process for people, being part of a group and interacting with other people and having a kind of carved out moment to do the work that maybe was more elusive when they were on their own, that kind of fed into this idea that if we had some space, we could actually take that step further and bring people to us to give them that space to think and be with other people and push their work forward and just too long I didn't read version is also with the space it didn't just need to be writers anymore it could be anyone you're here and you're making 3d big works so you understand what I mean you don't it's not just desks anymore it's really interesting to me that your journey has been so varied from the healthcare world to California and then now to, well, over the past as well, to recognizing the power of creating community and bringing creative people together for discussion. It's such an integral part of art making of any kind. And I think it's really cool that you started this from a personal impetus and not from a mirroring of your experience at university or from other situations. And so I was wondering what really was like the vision for Saldil Nord, do you think that you're at that vision? Just like when we're making work, we think about it in advance and we picture what it's going to be like or what it's going to sound like. And I see this whole place as a kind of work of art. And of course, it's in constant evolution and this building that you and your partner have adopted and taken care of has transformed greatly. But what stage of that vision do you see yourself at in terms of the realization of the artwork of the place? Well, that's a great question. I suppose there's two parts. There's the physical building, which we had to renovate to get it into a state where people could come and stay here. The building still needs some work and it will always need work because it's old and that is just something that we accept. But in terms of the vision for the program, I think I've always been really interested in people who are making work against the reality of their normal life. So 
people who maybe don't feel they are accepted in normal art circles or people who have to care for a family or they have a job or maybe they have some other thing against them which makes them feel like they're not really part of what it means to be an artist. And so part of what I think we do well is welcoming people who haven't necessarily been through all of the same processes that other residencies might value. So we are more interested in what people want to do with their time here than what they've already done. If a person really likes the idea of our environment, which is rural and some people can make work about ecology or Catalan culture, which is a whole other topic, then I feel like we offer them a good opportunity for that and try and be understanding about the realities of art making as a lifestyle rather than it's not a job for everybody. It's just not possible. I think that comes a lot from this idea of it's about self-belief. Some people could never say they were a, a real artist, not because they don't take it seriously, but because they don't believe in themselves in that way. And so I think a lot of our vision is tied into that idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it really does. It's really interesting because where we are is a very rural environment. And to me, it seems very escapist to be here myself, like leaving the planet of all of my responsibilities and work and just being here. I haven't really addressed my outside life <laughs> and it's been a beautiful gift and but then of course you put on the responsibilities of okay I'm here in this incredible place and so I need to make it count and I need to produce and I need and you get back onto this like hamster wheel of self-doubt and so I think it's really remarkable and interesting that your vision here is so separate to that need to create and produce a time scale and more of leaving the daily world and leaving the responsibility of whatever your daily life is and getting to do that art life and getting to be just with your thoughts and explore and experience. And I, I think that's, it's like time traveling or something being here. It's amazing. And I was wondering, how does that impact your own work? For me, I, I just come here and it's like an escape, but for you, this is your life here. This is your daily world. And so how do you balance that escapist nature versus the you got to survive and do your work and be a human? Yeah, it's really interesting because I was just thinking about this this morning, knowing that we would be talking and thinking about. I went for a walk and there were a load of sheep that had just given birth in a field up there. There's about 150 sheep and there's they're lambing and there's just placentas everywhere and it's really rural and it's like there's no one around and it just felt really like being, as you say, time traveling to a different time and place that is so far removed from growing up in a big city. And actually, weirdly enough, I was thinking the biggest danger that I have is that for me, the things that I write about and the fact that I had that life before and it fed so much of my work all of those people that I met and worked with they're all in there maybe not as themselves but I feel like my biggest risk is that I'll run out of things to write about <laughs> because there's nothing here there's a lot here there's a community and there's people and there's characters but for me I think the biggest risk is that I have to get back into towns and see people and make a real effort to get out there and make sure that I balance out 
yeah, rural life with actual life. And I might be talking myself into a corner. Sometimes I feel like rural life is real life because it is so the basics of we grow food, we eat food, we come together as a community, we heat our homes and life continues and the seasons dictate. And that feels more real sometimes than city life. But I think I need both. Yeah, it's interesting because now, you know, we have another whole dimension as well, which is the online world. And I know that you have done a huge amount of work in terms of pivoting your residency program to be flexible during COVID to a huge success. So I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on how you think this kind of digital community and online world really plays into this, into your thoughts on the, developing the residency, but also on living here in rural bliss versus being a quote unquote, like engaged urban member of society. Yeah, for me personally, it's definitely a lifeline to community because I write in English, of course, and I don't speak English while I'm here. So that is a really important connection for me. But I think that it's been a good model for people who are isolated in other ways because you can live in a city and still be isolated. I think we all had a flavor of that in COVID. I think for lots of people that exists anyway. Like I was saying before, maybe they have other responsibilities that they can't walk away from and they can't take three months out to go to another country and just think, oh, I'm just going to think about my work because they have a baby or they have an elderly parent or a job or they're disabled and actually don't travel easily. I think through all of the virtual work and the COVID experience, that came up a lot. And I'm sure that other people have talked about it in more eloquently than I could, but this idea of hybrid residencies and digital mobility for people who might not be able to travel easily. Luckily now, I feel like it's being understood more and this idea of bringing people together, not necessarily physically. Where can people learn more about you and your work and your writing? And where can people learn more about the Selvin Nord residency program? First of all, I would send people to the Selvin Nord website, which is C-E-L-D-E-L-N-O-R-D.com. And there you can find out about the building and the programs that we run. And you can read interviews with artists that have been here or not been here physically, but virtually also. And you can sign up to our newsletter to find out about open calls and opportunities. And yeah, please do that. That would be great. And if you wanted to find out more about my writing, you can usually, you can find a link to me from there. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Please leave Art Is, a podcast for artists, a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find us. Also, I would love it if you took a moment to reflect on who in your life might also benefit from listening to this podcast. When you do, please share Art Is, a podcast for artists with them so we can continue to grow the show organically and brainstorm the future of the art world together. You can also support the work I do by subscribing wherever you listen and by donating to the podcast. The link to do so is in the episode description. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks so much and see you next Wednesday.